Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hi, and welcome to the Tube to Table podcast. I'm Heidi, and I am one of the clinicians here with you weekly, and I am joined this week by my colleague, Brianna, who's going to be helping us with today's topic, Dealing with a Crisis. Uh, hi, Bree. Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I, too, am just finishing up with a another wean. I just finished with a local kiddo here in Virginia, a little bit older, about five or six. And I am the secondary therapist on another wean going on currently, which is a three-month-old. And so I am happy to be here to have a little break from from that and... Uh, excited to talk today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for squeezing us in. I know of that's course. a lot going on, and um, since we're talking about dealing with a crisis, it's interesting because there's two different uh, things that can go on with a big kid and a little kid. And uh, one of the things we know is that um, anxiety and crisis and all those things are common no matter what age kid you're working with. So, just to talk a little bit about why we're doing this topic this week. Last week we talked about anxiety and how that can take on a life of its own. And one of the first questions we talked about was determining if it's a, a real problem and determining if it's a today problem and and what you do when those things are not true. But we wanted to come back around and talk a little bit this time with what happens if it is a real crisis, what happens if it is a, a real problem and it's a today problem. And... Um, what, what do we do? What, what are the mindsets? What are some things that we've seen that are successful? And I know, Bree, I think you're actually so great at some of this stuff so naturally. So I'm glad you could jump in and join us with this today. So um, what was one of the first things that you think you've seen that's helpful or has helped you in the past with dealing with a crisis? That's a really good question. I think when we're dealing with a crisis, there are a lot of things to consider. But the the thing that's helped me the most is when we talk about how we do our treatment and, and our treatment models is we are really learning a lot about what we call the coaching model and what that means to help families on their tube on their tube weaning journeys. And the coaching model is a really helpful way to get a lot of information, to to have open dialogue and to solve problems. But what we know sometimes, too, is that coaching involves a lot of questions. And as therapist, as as a therapist, for me, I was getting sort of stuck sometimes wanting sort of a different answer or finding myself asking too many questions and noticing that the reaction that I was getting from a family was not what I was expecting. And so I sort of did a little bit, a little check-in with how I was using the coaching model and realizing that when we are in a time where a family or a kiddo is going through 
what we call maybe a crisis or a hard moment that sometimes those methods are not always the most helpful. And so what some of the strategies that I started to implement was, and I think we all have as a team, is being a little bit more direct in those moments where there is maybe a lot of worry or anxiety, or if there is an actual crisis happening, that we sort of take away some of that more open-ended questioning and maybe use more direct language, take out some of the emotion, and we'll kind of go through, I think, a few other ways that we found to be really helpful in dealing with tube weaning crises, but also other things that sort of come up in everyday life. Um, and so I think the main point is really thinking about how you're, how you're looking at starting to deal with a crisis is being a little bit more direct, if you would. And I think this leads in really well to one of the other things that I've noticed is that when you're in a crisis, you really can get caught up in your head. Yes. And I have a sign over um, my desk that says, don't believe everything you think. Because sometimes when you're in a crisis, then you go spinning down the line, like we said last week, Sure, is you start to make things up. And it's important that you, not only that you come back to the facts, but you have, like you're talking about communication, which is so important. That's, important when you have a team. So having someone who has a, who can, who can pull you out of your spin, who can help you look at the facts, who can help you come back around again is really important. Whether if you're doing that at home, whether it's a a therapist or a physician or a family member um, of knowing that there's someone that you can have that clear communication with of someone who knows how to speak to you or with you in a way that is helpful and not hurtful, but also very, very clear. So I think, you know, as therapists, that's our role, but not everybody has a therapist in the room with them, but we all have people that we can turn to that can do those things well. Yeah. And I think the team part of it is sometimes we don't recognize that some people can sort of add to the chaos and add to the anxiety of certain situations. And so to your point, I think not all of us are aware of people on our team that might be helpful or might actually cause a little bit more um, anxiety or add a little bit more to the, to the situation. And so checking in, and that may change too. It may be that there's different things that go on that one person is really helpful. And then for another, you may choose a different person. And so I think the clear communication style and kind of knowing what you need when dealing with a crisis is a really important thing too, that, that knowing what you need sometimes, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's not always available or, but. And I'm just even thinking of some examples of ways that we can help people in ways that, that can add to the crisis. So just saying, wow, they're, they've taken more bites yesterday than they did or today than they did yesterday is, can be helpful and exciting, but saying, do you think they've taken enough bites? Sure can actually just um, start a spin in someone's head. And if they're already not sure or, you know, kids are sick or they're not doing well and you're already questioning how they're doing with those things, that just adds fuel to the fire of the crisis by by asking an open-ended question like that instead of um, 
being reassuring and reminding people of, of the true facts and not questioning. Absolutely. No, I think the facts are sometimes we, it gets muddled in there. There's a lot of emotion and especially with something like tube weaning that there's, there's a lot of things going on that sometimes it's hard to remember that we have to look at the things that are actually true. And I always find it really helpful whenever I'm having a moment that I'm sort of thinking in sort of one of those spins that you, if you pull yourself out of that and really sometimes even for me, like writing down so that visually I can see what are the things that are true sometimes can really help a crisis feel less overwhelming or maybe even takes the steam out of the crisis altogether and it doesn't feel like a problem at all. Um, and so I think the facts are a really important point in in dealing with a crisis. Absolutely. And objectively, too, I was just thinking of a kiddo I recently worked with. I had written down the, what I thought were the facts and mom had written down the facts and we both had a different spin on it. So it took us going together through that and saying, here's what happened. Here's what happened. You know, she was actually doing great. And when, when we got our heads together and when we were able to put those facts down together, we realized how much progress she'd made, but we each had our own perception of what was going on. And it wasn't until we came together and teamed on that, that we realized just how far she'd come. Sure. And so, I think those th- two things together sometimes of what you think are facts and and what someone else might not think are facts. I think coming to, again, coming together as a team and, and working on that, those two things together can really be a helpful strategy for working through some of these harder things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, jumping to another topic, sometimes there's an even bigger crisis. Um, you don't have the time to go the luxury to go through a lot of those things. Many times I think that's what happened when kids got feeding tubes. Yes. There was thing after thing after thing. And there was a, either a, an emergent life threatening, you know, premature birth, heart surgery, like a really big crisis and all kinds of decisions were made um, that were important at the time. But then when it calms down a little bit, it's important to revisit things and say, okay, what was the helpful part? Where are we now? Is this still the best solution? Um, And that takes looking at the facts as well uh, with the team and just really saying, all right, now that we've gotten to this point, um, do we need to make a new decision? Are we at a new building, small little crisis or a decision-making point, not even a crisis, but a decision point instead of making a quick emergency thing? um, How do we come back around and reassess? And I think that can be a built-in piece every time, you know, dealing with a crisis, looking past at the end. And we've tried hard to learn from that, I think, ourselves as a team of going back through your team and um, deciding if you made, do you need to change the decision that was made? Are there some things that we need to tweak a little bit? Yeah. Um, And I think sometimes, Heidi, we talk a lot about, you know, that decision-making process and families and therapists and teams having sometimes a certain number of facts at their hand at the moment. And, and the best thing we know sometimes is just to go ahead and make a decision and work with your team on, on making that choice. 
And then kind of closing that door on that one and saying we we did the best we could with the facts that we had and we arrived at this, you know, we came to this decision and it was the right one for that moment and sort of closing that crisis, closing that door on that decision and moving on to the next one. And sometimes there are new facts that come in later that maybe we would have done something different, but we just sort of look to the to this sort of next thing that we've got to do. And I think sometimes it's really hard to get there and and be okay with the decisions we've made to sort of go back to last episode too is that's one thing I think the anxiety sometimes creeps in. And especially with getting a feeding tube in the first place, it's we can't sort of go back and make and make that change. We, they did the best they could. They made a decision in that moment most of the time to save a kiddo's life. And so I think the that part can get can get tricky, but you know, giving yourself a little bit of grace and knowing that most of the time the decision was made for a reason. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to know where to start when you're coming out of those things and I many times we just, you have to do what the next right thing is. Sure. What's the next right thing? We know that there's all of these things going on and this is the one that we can do something about and we can have some control over and we can help the kids. We know this to be true. We know um, this is how it's impacting this kiddo. So let's just start with this one and then start moving ahead and unraveling some of the the things that that came about. And and that's a good way to get out of a crisis as well. It's not always going to be one perfect answer um, that's just going to solve everything. And this is going to be magic and everything is going to be great. But sometimes it's just one step at a time and realizing that that, that's an okay place to start too. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And so I think reassessing is, is another thing that I've started to use more and more of after making a decision, kind of coming back to the next decision sometimes and saying, what it really, truly, what is the next step for us? Um, And I think using the facts there is always an important thing too. And making sure that you're, you're going back to your kind of really making sure that the emotional parts have, have been tied up for that last decision in, in moving on to the next one. Cause sometimes it does, it sneaks in and we, and past experiences are are important though. And I think that's where it gets really tricky sometimes with dealing with something like this, something that's a little bit more unexpected too, um, can get, can get tricky. So that, that leads into, I think the, one of the last steps that we had talked about is just accepting the fact that there are going to be things that come up. Yes. There are going to be things that happen. Um, and we try and plan for that in advance. Um, all of our weans start with a plan for, um, looking in advance at dehydration factors and low energy and, um, all the parameters for safety so that when, you're going through it, it feels like a crisis, but you can look back and say, oh, but it's still within our parameters. So we planned for that, which takes away the crisis feeling of it. Um, and, and I think there's other ways to do that too. You know, if there had been a plan in place um, 
earlier when we started doing these weans, I think we would have felt less anxiety. And I think our families would have felt less anxiety. And we've learned. So for the past years, we've really made sure that we had a really clear plan, but not only that we had to plan, but that we always reminded people and went back to it. Yeah. And the one, the one thing that's coming to my mind is years ago, I had a family that was from out of state here in Virginia, and there was a, you know, a small medical emergency that um, required medical attention. And it was something that we hadn't sort of planned ahead for just even thinking, where would they go if something were to happen? Or who would they call? In that moment felt really like a big emergency. And now we make sure that any family that's traveling out of town and same for our therapists, if we are traveling somewhere that we know that there's a, you know, there's a place close by or what we would do in the case of something happening that we needed medical attention. And so I think as there are many things that we cannot plan for, but there are so many things that we sort of can think ahead of Mm -hmm. um, and make a plan for what we would do in that situation. I think, you know, in the case you're talking about, I think it was a sibling. It was. Actually. Yes. And so that really broadened our scope of, gosh, we don't need to just think about our kids. We've got a whole family that needs to have some considerations for what's going to happen if something, if something does happen. You know, I'm thinking one of your kiddos and she's not the first that her um, button came out. Yes. Unexpectedly. And she hadn't used her tube for a while. And so it was okay. Um, But I've had a number of kids so much to the point that when kids have gone a period of time, several months, you know, three, four, whatever months in place, just saying, okay, now, now we need to decide what's going to happen if the button comes out, right? We need to have made a decision. So it's not a crisis kind of decision. It's a thought that we've already had. What are we going to do if this happens? You know, how are we going to handle it? Um, So that, you're not making a, a big emotional decision um, right right in that moment. Um, in fact, I had a kid years ago that the tube, the button came out like two weeks after the wean. Wow. And the pediatrician was not worried. He'd been eating great. The pediatrician really wasn't worried. They tried and tried and tried to put it back in, but it had just closed too much. And um, he'd been eating. I wasn't really worried. The pediatrician wasn't really worried, but the family was extremely worried. And that was their safety net. Sure. So they didn't, it actually made the post wean time harder because they, they, they added some pressure to the meal times that made it tough. That, that probably would not have happened um, if they hadn't had that. And, you know, I don't know that any planning could have changed that, Um but then coming back to the facts repeatedly of just saying, look, he's eating, he's doing this, he's doing this, you know, just coming back to the facts repeatedly um, was the the recourse that we had for dealing with that. And that's how eventually he got through that period of time right. was the facts. I think that's a really nice example because as we're talking about this, we are a tube weaning program. And so that the tube falling out or an NG tube being pulled out and, that happens and it happens more than we, when we realize, I think as we're talking about this, I've had two or three families myself that this has happened to. And, um, one of them I had, we had talked about it. It, it was something on our mind. It's about the time the tube needed to come out anyhow. But, um, 
when it happens sort of unexpectedly, it def- that is a really good example of a crisis that with a plan could really feel a, more like a little problem. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a, there's a few other things we're going to do in upcoming episodes specifically on some of the other things that can act like a crisis, feel like a crisis. It's not just anxiety, but things like teething and getting sick and some of those things. So we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to those in the future because they, they, they are a different sort of um, dilemma or problem to be dealt with. So look for that coming up in the future. Um, but I think we've ended up with a, a number of different things that everybody has at their disposal to, to lean on and be clear about. I think having a team a wisely chosen team, um, not someone who's going to jump on the bandwagon with you, but someone who's going to be um, clear and and know how you guys work together as a team. Communication is super important. Um, sticking to the facts. Uh, I like, Brie, what you said about actually writing, writing the facts down. Yes. Super helpful. Um, and... Uh, even just making a decision and closing the door on it so that that is done, I think. So those those are some really basic things that everybody has at their disposal. So I hope that's helpful for you in your journey. I hope that's helpful for you if you're doing this at home or planning it with your medical team or um, gives you some insight on how we work if you're hoping to um, work with us at Thrive by Spectrum. Um, so as always, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Bree, for being on with us. Thanks for having me. And um, like us on social media. As always, also rate and review this podcast wherever you find podcasts. And because that helps other people find us as well and get the word out that there are some resources for kids who are um, weaning off of feeding tubes. So thanks again. And we'll look forward to um, next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tube to Table podcast. Every week, we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum. And on Twitter, you can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week.